You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, hello, hello. This is Lee Fuller, and you're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast. I am back and um, so happy to be with you. Uh, first, I want to say today we're going to be talking about um, with Easter coming up, we're going to be talking about the essentials of sharing the gospel. There's a lot of conversation around Easter time, around Resurrection Sunday, and we may talk about, hey, what should we say? What should we call it? Blah, blah, blah. But it's during this time of year, the gospel presentation is often presented in many churches around the country and many different outreaches and so forth. And we want to make sure that you know how, uh, you know what the elements are of a clear gospel presentation. So stick around for that. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to say welcome. I am so glad to be with you. Um, I'm, I am refreshed, you know, I think there is definitely a, a blessing in taking your Sabbath rest, right? Um, or just taking time away to recharge, replenish. Uh, my wife and I, my wife, my family, uh, my girls and I, we went, uh, got away for a little bit, went away on a cruise ship for a couple days, and it has been so refreshing. I can't... Um, I can't express. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't realize you're tired. You don't realize that, hey, you've been pushing pretty hard this first quarter of the year, and uh, it we got a chance to rest, relax, headed to Mexico. It was a great trip. Uh, I love my family. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you get away, you realize, hey, do I really love my kids? <laughs> do I really love my wife? And I'm happy to report that, yes, uh, it was a very relaxing, a very enjoyable time with family. So uh, for those that may be wondering, hey, Lee, where you been? Uh, that's where we were. So uh, I wanted to kind of give a little insight into myself. Um, so updates on the channel. We are uh, pushing out some of our recordings to YouTube. So if you are an audio listener to the podcast, Make sure you go over to the Bible in Real Life uh, YouTube channel. And on that channel, we have visual. Uh, sometimes it's just me, you know, waving my hands. So if you're audio, you don't see me waving my hands right now. But uh, you can kind of have another experience of the podcast by seeing it in video. That may be of interest to you. We are still publishing on TikTok and Instagram. So make sure you're following us on those platforms to see what God is saying as we are going through the Bible again this year. Some tremendous revelation. I love going through the Bible again because, you know, God's word just gets richer and richer and deeper and deeper and it goes further into our hearts, right? So I think those are the announcements that I want to share. We got those out of the way and I want to... Uh, just kind of jump into today's message. We're going to talk about what does the gospel look like in real life, right? Let's take a look and see what are the elements of the gospel, what are the essentials of the gospel. Also, uh, my team and I 
we are, well, at our church, we're expanding into prison ministry and different things. And we thought, I thought it'd be interesting uh, to kind of review, hey, how do I approach evangelism? Uh, what are essentials of the gospel? How do you present the gospel clearly without overwhelming people at the beginning? Listen, if you've been walking with God for a significant amount of time or a couple years, you've picked up a lot of things, right? Where do you start with a young believer? Where do you start with someone uh, with the gospel message? Well, today will be a, a episode to help you uh, understand some of that and kind of get a framework or some grounding around where you can start. All right. So with that said, let's jump into today's podcast. Again, this is Lee Bible in Real Life. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. Well, refreshed and ready to go. And let's jump into it. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at a clear presentation of the essentials of the gospel and one place that we can start. Now, I know uh, how many here started off at the Romans Road, right? When I was a kid, they were like, hey, you got this Romans Road and you go through Romans 3.23 and Romans 6 and, and um, Romans 10 and Romans 5.8 and blah, 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 which is good, which is good. I'm not, I don't have anything against the Romans Road <laughs> because it's been a, a practical guide and tool for many years. Also, you ever, where's my bracelet? I used to have, um, it's not on this hand, the, you know, the color bracelet where you got the black and the red and the yellow. I'm, I'm holding my hand up like I actually have a bracelet on my hand. But it's that that color, you know, black. Hey, we started in sin and then red, the blood of Jesus sin. And uh, green, no, blue, we got to get baptized. And green, we got to grow. And yellow, we go to heaven, I think. Uh, but so there's been many, many ways to help us understand the gospel and present the gospel clearly over, um, just have been presented throughout history. And today, I just want to uh, add to the discussion on how to present God's word to um, to people, right? So uh, hopefully you can hear me okay, and let's get into it. I want to start off in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, I'm just going to start at 15 verse 1. Now, I would mind, wait, now I would remind you, brothers. Uh-oh. Okay. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you've been saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, <coughs> unless you believed in vain. So what is it that Paul preached? What's this gospel, Paul? For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was raised, I mean, he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 is a great place for us to get our framework for what the essentials of the Christian faith is or the essentials of the gospel. And this is one of the reasons why it comes up a lot of time around Easter, right? Because the essentials of the gospel is, uh, like Paul mentioned, Christ died for our sins. 
he was buried, and then he rose. Why are all three elements of the gospel so important? Well, when we talk to a person about salvation or needing to be saved, many times the question is, saved from what? Why do I need a hero? Why do I need a savior? What, what trouble am I in, right? It's really hard to convince a, 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 let me see, I'm trying to think of a good example. So, um, hey, if I'm driving along in my GPS, right? Um, if I'm driving along in my car and I know where I'm going, then you say, hey, you need to buy this map. It's like, no, nah, I really don't need a map. I kind of know where I'm going. I'm familiar with neighborhood. Uh, hey, would you like to um, buy a car? Well, I don't really need a car because I'm already in a car, blah, blah, blah. So you have to establish the need. Many times you have to establish the need for salvation. You know, you can't save somebody that doesn't know they're lost. Save from what? So when it says that Jesus Christ died for our sins, this brings up a very key point. A person needs to realize that they are a sinner. They are a person that's in need of salvation. Well, why am I in need of salvation? Well, because I'm a sinner. And the Bible teaches us in Romans that the wages of sin is death. So one key aspect of our um, of our of the gospel message is a person has to understand that there is human sin and brokenness. Okay, there is a problem, and it's our sin condition. It's a sin condition that separates us from God. It leaves us broken and empty in search of a savior. It and and many times when you talk to people, um, they begin to share how there is an emptiness, there is a void, there is a sense of brokenness. Right? Sometimes you got to peel past the the self righteousness. Sometimes you got to peel past the, hey, I'm a good person uh, until they can realize that, wait a minute, I'm not that great of a person. I am, in fact, a sinner. So uh, there's this guy, uh, I got the book back here, um, but it's the way of the master. What's his name? Uh, but he always starts off with the Ten Commandments, right? Because when you line up with the law, you realize that, hey, I am a sinner. There is a broken condition. Um, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not lie. Have you ever told a lie before? You know, most people will say, yes, I've told a lie. Well, um, if you told a lie, then, then you're a sinner. And the wages of sin is death. Hey, have you ever, um, so, you know, what is another one? Uh, Bear false witness. Um, commit adultery. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. I ain't slept with nobody else. But, my, you know, uh, I haven't slept with somebody outside of my marriage bed. Well, Jesus says, hey, if you look at a woman lustfully, uh, if you look at a person lustfully, then you've committed adultery in your heart. Oh, oh, he's, he said that. Oh, really? Okay. So, you, a person starts to realize that, wait a minute, I'm in a broken condition. I am a sinner. I am in need of salvation. 
Aha, so now we're at a point where, wait a minute, I do need to be saved. Well, then there's the good news. The good news is we have a God of love and grace. And this is how we get to, um, so Jesus died for our sins, right? Why did Jesus die for our sins? Why did Christ die for our sins? Because God loves us, right? And because of his love, he died for us. And we can use verses, we're familiar with uh, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The impetus, the motivation for God sending Christ to die for us, which is that first aspect that we have to have people realize, <clears throat> is that it was motivated by love. We have a society, we have a world, we have a generation of people that are looking for love. Sometimes uh, we look for love in our comment section on our on our Instagram posts. Sometimes we're looking for love in our um, dating app where it's eHarmony or Plenty of Fish or GetHookedUp.com. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real one. But so many people are looking for love. But, but you know what? The Bible says that God loves us. We do have love and each individual can experience the love of God. The Bible says, for God to love the world. Right? Bible says in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So wait a minute, I'm a sinner. Wait, that, that's me. That means I qualify <laughs> for God's demonstration of love to be applied to me. Yes, because while I'm a sinner, Christ died for me. Oh man, no wonder this is called good news. This is really good news, people. Christ died for our sin and it was motivated by love. So we got to understand that Christ died. Second, you know, uh, he was buried. Now, why is this importantly? Why is this important that we understand that Christ um, is buried? Well, <clears throat> this means the, um, this is the confirmation that the death happened. Does that make sense? Hey, hey, Christ died for your sin. Really? Really? Well, yeah, he was actually in the ground, actually buried. Well, um, how do we know he was dead? Because there was, for for a while, Jesus didn't, re there, there were those that were saying Jesus didn't really die. Um, you know, a person uh, can be unconscious and so forth, the swoon theory or people hallucinated. Listen, listen. There were multiple people that handled the body between the cross and the grave, okay? So not only do the Romans who who um, crucify people have been masters of this crucifixion technique, they would understand when a person is dead or not, right? So the Roman soldiers realized he was dead. Uh, we see that the Roman soldiers pierced him in his side, right? They stuck a sword in his side to confirm. He's like, mm, is he dead? Yep, gone, dead, right? Um, so they took him off the cross. 
Not only that, Joseph of Arimathea, a person that, that provided the, the burial site, the grave, right? In taking the body of Jesus to the grave, listen, he realized, you know, you don't bury living people, right? There's enough people touching his body to realize that this person is actually dead. So it confirms that the sacrifice, the uh, the sacrifice that was needed, the death and the burial, there was no refuting, right? This guy is dead. He's already buried. He, um, like the grand, like my grandma used to say, graveyard dead. Like he, he already in the grave, graveyard dead, right? So Christ was buried. This is essential for us to understand and know. This wasn't a swoon theory or so forth. But there's this other part. And this is why, as you get into the Easter story or resurrection story, let me pause for a second. There are some people that get all twisted up over the term Easter, right? So, hey, it should be Resurrection Sunday. Okay, call it Resurrection Sunday. Um, but if you are talking to a, a general person, a non-believer, and you say, hey, can I tell you what the true story behind Easter is? They would have a clue what you're talking about. Right. You've adjusted your language to kind of understand um, what they're talking about. Many people who unbelievers know, hey, you go to church on Christmas, Mother's Day and Easter. Right. If you come in with our our internal language, hey, are you familiar with the Resurrection Sunday? What? No. What is that? Right. Oh, hey, you've been to church on Easter. Yeah, I got my Easter clothes, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, the reason that. Easter is such a big deal in the Christian church because it's, it celebrates Christ's birth, right? So I don't get too caught up on uh, whether we should call it Resurrection Sunday. Well, you know, Easter is a pagan holiday. Well, Christmas, you know, Mother's Day. Ain't got nothing to do with Jesus, right? <laughs> like, uh, it's secondary. It's, it's probably third or fourth dairy. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. Fourth dairy? Trish? Uh, secondary treasury, I could probably spell it, but okay. Back back to the back to the lesson at hand. So we have to talk about the resurrection because Paul said, "If Jesus did not raise, then our faith is in vain." Without the resurrection part of Jesus's death, he would be just like any other person that claimed to be God. You realize that throughout history, there have been multiple people that either claim to be God, claim to be a prophet, claim to be a son of God, claim to be a little God, big God, you know, all these. However, they are, they, they were buried <laughs> and that's where the story ended, right? And if, if that's where the story ended, if you can't guarantee your own life, eternal life, okay, then how can you guarantee my eternal life? 
So what Jesus does is he gives us an illustration or an example of, hey, you know what? I'm going to lay down my life to atone for your sins. Atone, Lee, what's that mean? Well, if the wages of sin is death, somebody has to pay this bill. Somebody has to pay this bill, right? So Jesus said, hey, I will pay it. That's why he died for our sins. That's why he was buried. Okay, great. We have a dead hero, right? Without Jesus raising from the dead, we have a dead hero. You know, you can't be Lord post-mythos, right? Um, you know how uh, I'm in the military. So there's a, there's a hero and sometimes they get a purple heart, but it's delivered, you know, after the person dies, right? Say, hey, you know, Officer Jackson, well, I like to say Officer Jackson because it's probably a brother, right? Officer Jackson was a great hero and uh, we're going to present the medal to his brother or to his mother or father, right? But not our savior, not our hero, not our savior. Jesus was buried and then he rose again. And the Bible calls him the first fruit among many brethren. He's saying, listen, I was able to die and raise myself from the grave. So when you place your faith in me, when you place your trust in me for eternal life, I can do the same thing for you. And watch this. Not only am I doing the same thing for you in that in eternity, you're going to live forever, but I can give a new life now. You start your new life now. Um, so, Bible says in, um, yeah, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians five seventeen. Uh, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Right, old things are gone, and the new is here. Right. So, in our gospel presentations, there's a couple things we want to include. Number one, that Christ died for our sins. And his choosing to die for our sins was motivated by his love for us, right? Christ was buried, confirming that death did happen. The punishment for sin was paid, dead, completely paid. Because remember, um, way back in Genesis, the Bible says, um, if you eat of the fruit, you'll surely die right? So sin brought about death. I am a sinner and the payment for my sin was death. So either Christ is going to have to die in my place and I accept that by faith, or I have to pay that sin debt. Okay. So he was buried, but he rose again. Third part. Um, Jesus rose again with all power. Now the Bible says that he took captivity captive. He rose with the, um, the power over death and the grave, because when you come out of the grave, so we see in scripture, he's already demonstrated that he has the power over death for others. But what's great about it 
is because we see that Jesus raised people from the dead while he was alive. But it's one thing to raise yourself. When you can raise yourself from the dead, you have ultimate authority. You have ultimate power uh, over death and hell because, you know, you died and then rose again. So um, in our in our Easter season and our resurrection season, we have the opportunity to share the gospel with others. And that gospel is God loved you so much when he saw you in your broken and sinful state, he died for you. He sent his son Jesus to die in your place. Well, how do I receive that, right? How do I apply his death to my life? Ah, good question. By faith, you apply what Christ did on the cross to your life by faith. Um, one Bible word is repentance. And repentance calls us to say, Lord, I turn from my sin. I give my sin to you. And by faith, I accept your righteousness. I accept your goodness. I accept your um, power over sin, okay? Because you gave your life for me, I'm going to give my life to you. You took my pain, my shame, my sin, my brokenness, and you gave me uh, salvation. <laughs> you gave me righteousness. You gave me love. You gave me forgiveness. You gave me relationship with you. Man, I'm telling you, the gospel is a simple message. The gospel is a simple story. When we accept it by faith, what Christ has done for us, then we give his righteousness and this new life. And you know what we do with that new life? We turn away from our old life. That life that was crucified with Christ, Galatians says, um, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. So my old man died on the cross and now I can walk in newness of life. I have been born again. I have been redeemed from death. The brokenness has been filled and now I can grow to be more like Jesus. The Bible says that the goal of the Christian is to be conformed to the image of Christ. I want to be like the Savior. I want to be loving and kind and generous and righteous. They're actually these fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit are um, this new life in Christ that I have, it should be characterized by love, by joy, by peace, um, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, right? This is what my life should consist of, all right? Man, okay, I want to keep this pretty brief and straight to the point, um, but I wanted you to see the elements of the gospel story. I'm going to say it again. 
that Christ died on the cross for your sins, right? God loved you so much. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins. Number two, that Christ was buried, okay? He, the, the death was complete. The blood was shed and he was buried, signifying that uh, my, my uh, mom used to say, anything dead need to be buried, right? Jesus was dead, so he was buried. Uh-oh, was salvation lost? Was God just another one of those um, rabbis, another person in history that claimed he was God? Well, the third part of the story is, and in three days, he rose according to the scriptures. The Bible says our God got up. <clears throat> And because he got up, he got up with all power and authority over death and hell. And the way I apply it to my life is believing. The Bible says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Accept it. Believe it. And if you keep those three as your framework, you can go out and share the gospel with others. I hope this has been helpful to you. My name is Lee Fuller. This is the Bible in real life. It doesn't get any more practical than this. Hey, how should I live? Hey, how should I pray? Hey, how should I give? Hey, what are all these other elements of the Christian life? Listen, we can get into that. Continue listening to the podcast. Continue tuning in. <clears throat> Right, because there is a need for discipleship and maturation and growing on and learning about spiritual warfare and learning about prayer and fasting and giving and serving and 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 forgiveness and walking in peace and walking in love. But God told Nicodemus that first you must be born again. Because those are attributes, those are characteristics of the new Christian life of the new creature that was created. But if you haven't been adopted into the family, then it's it's like my brother. Um, so I went to school in Florida. My, young, my younger brother went to school in Florida and my youngest brother went to school in Ohio. And my dad told him, he said, hey, um, I don't know that we have any family in Ohio. So you may be the first fuller somebody sees in Ohio. So make sure you represent the family well, right? You are, once you're in the family of God, our goal is to represent the family well, right? Represent Christ well. But before you can get that far down the road, you got to be a part of the family. And salvation message is uh, how you become part of the family. I want to pray real quick. Uh, if you have not accepted Christ as your personal Savior, then this is a simple prayer that you can pray um, to acknowledge your need for salvation. You know, the simple prayer, dear Lord. I realize that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for me. 
Lord, come into my heart and be my Savior. I believe you are the Son of God, and I want you to take over my life. Thank you for this gift of salvation and help me walk a life that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? <laughs> like my mother would say, amen? Amen. You got to double confirm it, right? Uh, but anyway, thank you for listening today. Glad you uh, stopped by the podcast. And now you have a clear presentation of the um, essentials of the gospel message. Make sure you share it with your friends and family. Now, I want you to listen to this podcast a couple times again. I went through some verses in Romans. We went through some verses in uh, in John. Um, and by going over these things, you become familiar with how to have this gospel conversation, right? Because this is a time when people have questions. Hey, what is Easter all about? What is Resurrection Sunday, right? What is it? What do you mean Jesus rose from the dead? Why did he die, right? And you can clearly explain to them um, what Resurrection Sunday, what Easter is all about. All right, this is Lee, Babylon Real Life. Bye-bye, everybody.